Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for the, thank you all for joining us here today for our ribbon cutting ceremony. But in our case, it's a always uncomfortable ceremony for Station Two. Um, this is very exciting for the fire department, um, and we're very happy that you uh, made it here today to join us uh, to reopen our 85-year-old fire station. And as you can see, it doesn't look 85 years old anymore. But if you were here at the uh, groundbreaking, you know it did at one point. Please join me in standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I'd like to ask Jeff Dupuy uh, to come forward and lead us in the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I'd like to also point out that today is uh, Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day, uh, 78 years ago, uh, Pearl Harbor happened, so remember to keep um, that day in your thoughts. Um, many people died during that incident, and then from that point forward, the greatest generation came forward uh, to defend our country. Um, the, this ribbon cutting culminates the work that constructed the addition, as you'll see, and the renovation of this entire building. Uh, this work was done by Doug King Builders, and Doug King himself has joined us here today. Um, this was part of the Quesid Development Agreement between the Town of Easton and Doug King Builders. That agreement was signed back in 2008, and the fire department patiently waited um, for this much-needed modernization of the station. And we are very excited again to be here to reopen it. We'd like to, I'd like to introduce uh, several people who will speak shortly um, as part of the ceremony. We have with us State Senator Walter Timothy, uh, State Senator Michael Brady has joined us, Select Board Chairman Dottie Fulginetti, Select Board Vice Chairman Craig Bodger, Select Board Member Mark Lamb, Select Board Member Charles King, and Select Board Member Thomas Broussard. Also with us today is the Assistant Town Administrator, Michael Blanchard. Also, as I mentioned, Doug King Builders, Douglas Anino, who's the architect um, on the project. Um, I'd like to welcome retired Chief Tom Stone, uh, who's with us today, um, and other town officials that have, that have joined us, including the members of the fire department. At this time, I'd like to ask uh, Senator Timothy to come forward for a few comments. Good morning. Good morning. It's a very happy holiday season. It's truly an honor to be here uh, in conjunction with my friends of the board of the select board, Senator Brady. Uh, Representative Cronin asked me to pass along her regards. When I first had it, representing this wonderful town, Cronin told me that you had a wonderful fire department here in this town. The men and women of this department were dedicated to the people of the town. It's a great town, and we all are in agreement that people of Easton deserve the very best. And let me tell you this, I've seen firsthand what a wonderful fire department we have. And the people in this town do get the very best. And I believe, thanks to Doug Kane and this wonderful public-private partnership, which Dottie Olginetti has regaled me with, the firefighters of this great department will receive the very best. 
So for that, I thank you all very much. I was just informed that this station was built originally in 1934. Correct. And it was a Works Progress Administration project by Franklin Delano Roosevelt's administration. And I think it's tremendous that on this day, December 7, 1941, the people of Easton and its wonderful fire department will get the very best for Station 2 of service, of amenities that our firefighters who are so brave and protect us each and every day will be. We see the very best in terms of ventilation, protection for the health in the long term. This is an A-plus station for an A-plus department in a wonderful town. And I congratulate this great department and congratulate this great town. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, this time, please welcome Senator Brady for a few remarks. Thank you, Chief, and as was mentioned by your good friend and colleague, Senator Timothy, thank you to all the officials who are here as well. Unlike what you might hear out of Washington, we work very well together in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and there's no party lines whether both Senator Timothy and myself are Democrats, but we have a lot of Republicans that we work with as well, and we work very well together, and we work well together to get proper funding for our public safety personnel. And we can never do enough, and especially our first responders. So thank you for our first responders day in and day out. I've seen firsthand, I actually served on the public safety committee when I was a little fitter and I had less straight years when I served as a member of the House of Representatives. I was up at Stowe in the training facility, not once but twice, and the scariest thing is not to mention when the fire is going and all that, but they had the, the uh, oxygen mask on and they tell me if the thing's dinging, it's not working, of course mine was dinging, so. <laughs> but uh, the scariest part is when the fire is put out, everything is pitch black, and they taught us to put your hand on the person in front of you. And it's just amazing the work I've seen firsthand being on the city council for many years, uh, state rep and our state senator, what our first responders do day in and day out. And also our veterans, um, as the chief mentioned, this is the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And uh, we just recently lost a general, Mr. Hurst, who was, which was the last local survivor from Pearl Harbor from this area. And uh, he, he had, in fact, four of our survivors who passed on recently on the local newspaper today as well. And we could never forget our veterans because if not for them, we wouldn't be able to gather on a day like this as well today. So, and as was mentioned by our colleague, Senator Timothy, Representative Claire Cronin uh, just recovered from a, a, a little fall she had in her own house and had stitches, and then she just uh, ended up getting pneumonia, so she's recovering from that. But she's a great advocate and supporter of this district as well. So we're very fortunate we work together as a team. As we mentioned with the history of this building, anything we can do to help because we not only have to fund our, our first responders when they're out on the road, but we also make sure we have to fund your property for your proper equipment in the, the house you work and live in every day. So God bless you all, and everyone have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Hanukkah. I'd like to thank both of them for joining us today and for their continued support and assistance in securing needed funding for equipment and other things uh, to help keep the residents of Easton safe. Uh, the fire department started in North Easton with the fire department host company number one, and was originally organized July 12, 1894, so we're celebrating our 125th anniversary this year. Um, 
as an organized fire department. The first fire station was built on a piece of land on Sullivan Ave, gifted by Mary Ames to the Northeastern Fire District Fire Station. That station, which is now the Children's Museum, was built in 1904, and that cost $6,800. Um, and they were under budget when they built it. The Southeastern Fire and Water District here was set up in 1915, and they tied water pipes into the Brockton fire system, a water system. Um, fire equipment was housed at the corner of Depot and Washington Street, around the corner here. In 1933, 35 men were employed by the fire department, 12 of whom were assigned to the Southeastern Eastendale districts. In this area, the fire apparatus was housed in the garage of John B. Howard at the Southeastern Green. At the annual town meeting in 1934, it was voted to raise and appropriate the sum of $4,495 for the cost of building this fire station in Southeastern. Eastendale District is in conjunction with the Special Works Administration, as you heard, of the federal government, um, the station was built. This station was actually the first station owned by the town of Easton. Uh, when the station was built, apparatus was a lot smaller and lighter in weight, and at one point there were three fire trucks just in this space that we're in today. That stopped in the mid-70s. Two of the engines we currently have were designed to specially fit in this restricted height um, station, but no longer we will have the ability to put all our apparatus in here. You will see when we finish the ceremony and we allow you to go upstairs, uh, just how nice the station came out. And compared to the condition of the station prior to the work beginning in May, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. If you were here for the groundbreaking and you saw the condition, you, you'd be very impressed. I'd like to thank Chief Stone, uh, who since 1990s had been, an had been advocating for the rehabilitation of this station. Um, and I thank him for being here today. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. I'd like to thank Connor Reed and Doug King uh, for their working together and their support to get this work started and completed. Uh, Connor, who's going to be with us today in the Board of Selectmen, the Finance Committee, thank you for your support on the project um, to give us the funding we needed on our side to get done what, what needed to be completed. At this time, I'd like to welcome up Select Board Chairman Dottie Bojanet. Thank you. It's so great to be here on an exciting day like this today, but um, we really didn't do that much to get us here on this board, and I'll put an asterisk next to that. Um, in 2008, the then Board of Selectmen and then uh, Town Administrator David Colton, uh, Colin Corona, John Haterly, Erwin um, Cohen, Ellen Barlow, and Chuck Cam was on the board back then, were the ones that went out to the community to talk about the value of investment by housing. And that's when the Cuisa Commercial District Zoning was voted to change. Uh, the people in this community valued that, they valued the housing, and that, that is what drove this public-private partnership to be able to have um, an agreement to do the station. So, 
We thank everybody who moves this forward, but it takes a long time to get there. So the things that we're working on now on this board, we're probably not going to see the results of that for another 10 or 20 years either. And we, it couldn't be made possible without the people in this community that continue to want to invest, the businesses that come to Easton that want to invest because they see this as a great place to live. So. I want to uh, congratulate the fire department on this. Um, nobody fights harder than you do, Chief. So thank you so much for um, keeping at this. And thank you, everybody, for being here today. Thank you, Connor. Um, as I mentioned, Connor Reed couldn't be here today, but I wanted to thank him for all his support, <coughs> not only for this project, continuous support for uh, what, what we're trying to do with the fire department from equipment to staffing, um, and, and I can't thank him enough for his support. This time I'd like to ask uh, this Assistant Town Administrator Michael Blanchard to come forward. Thank you, good morning. Uh, as Chief mentioned, I'm pitching today for Connor Reed with a previous commitment, but I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Very honored to be here. Um, we'd both like to congratulate the Easton Fire Department, the town of Easton, and the entire Easton community for this very exciting day. Uh, specifically, I want to thank the Select Board and Planning Board, both past and present, for their ongoing commitment to the Quesit Development Agreement with Douglas 18 Builders. Events like today really highlight the great things that are achievable when public and private partners work together to advance common goals. Uh, thank you to Doug King for your continued partnership with the town and your commitment to advancing the development agreement for the betterment of the community. Um, I understand Mr. King does not like the spotlight. Um, it does so much for the community behind the scenes, and the renovation of the station is just another great example of that. So thank you, Mr. King. Uh, thank you also to Sam Schofield, uh, Doug's right-hand man, for all his efforts on this project. Uh, thank you to our state delegation, uh, both here today and not able to be here for their ongoing support of Houston and our first responders. Uh, thank you to our DPW, our planning department, our building department for all their support moving this project forward. And last but not least, thank you to Chief Partridge for your unwavering commitment to the advancement of this department for his tireless advocacy, and I can tell you that from behind the scenes, it is tireless, uh, for both the capital and operational needs to protect the department and the community, and for your oversight of this uh, station renovation project. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. We broke ground in uh, May 6th, and just uh, a short eight months later, we have a beautifully renovated station that will provide nice, comfortable quarters for our firefighters in room for our apparatus and room to grow to continue uh, increasing the staffing here in the town. We are getting busier and busier. So we're all set up here for additional staffing. <laughs> you know all that time. <laughs> we kind of kept uh, a few things historically, tried to keep a few things um, in place and one was the old shape of the fire station original plan was to kind of change the whole roof uh, line, but we, we ended up keeping it. Uh, I'm very happy that Doug and Nino came forward with a different you know, plan, keeping that shape of the building and adding on a dormer type addition uh, to keep the look of the original station. So out of the old and the new piece that was added. We kept the fire pole, as you see, in the corner there. Uh, thank you to Group 3 for 
polishing that and getting that ready uh, for us. That pole uh, is not original to the station here. That was added, uh, I'm uncertain of the year it was added, but uh, came from the Brockton Fire Department, their old station four. And the chief from Brockton at the time or no? That was prior to Are you asking me if I slid down that pole? <laughs> Retired Chief Ken Gallagher from Brockton is here with us today. Thank you. At this time, I would like to invite up uh, Ed Hands, who is an Eastern historian. Um, very impressed every time I get to hear Ed uh, to share a little bit of history about Eastern Fire Department with you. This is one of those occasions where the people in the audience know a heck of a lot more about this than I do. And I want to uh, particularly thank uh, Paul Berry, a retired firefighter right here, who way back in 1975 did the first written definitive history of the department. Uh, and um, without that, neither I nor the chief could have given our speeches today. Uh, and uh, uh, I'd like to also thank the fire department, town administration, and Doug uh, for saving a historic building. Uh, way too often uh, today, buildings are torn down and replaced with something bright and shiny, but not necessarily any better than uh, what was uh, uh, there to work with. And I'm so glad you guys chose to uh, to save this beautiful building. It really adds to the uh, adds to the neighborhood. I want to talk a little bit uh, about the history of the fire department and particularly about response time because I've had some personal experiences with response time. Uh, when you have a chimney fire or a medical emergency, uh, when you're standing in the door of the house or out of the yard, it's incredibly important to see those flashing red lights coming down the street because uh, you know they're going to be lifesavers. And um, having our three stations in town establishes response time that's quick enough to save people uh, that are uh, having a medical emergency or prevent a lot of property damage. And that was uh, essentially what the idea of the fire department was uh, in the olden days. In the olden days, you were dependent upon your, your, uh, your neighbors. Every neighbor had a bucket, usually a leather bucket, and when the, uh, when the call of fire came, everybody ran with a bucket and um, hopefully there was enough water in the well or the farm pond uh, to put the fire out. Of course, it's limited in how far you can toss a bucket of water. So uh, in 1844, uh, in the first example of a, of a town and, and private uh, uh, partnership as we have here today, uh, Old Oliver Ames bought a pump, um, a hand pump, that uh, would be uh, usable uh, in place of the buckets so that they could uh, uh, shoot water uh, much, much further. That was tested in 1852 when the shovel works caught on fire. And uh, the reports are that people on Pond Street ran with their buckets. Other people ran to get the, the new pumper. And uh, between the two of them, not much happened, unfortunately. The shovel works burned to the ground. 100 feet, 12,000 shovels, and a $40,000 loss. Uh, but it did highlight the fact that uh, we did need to do something about 
uh, fire protection. The drawback was not so much fire danger, which was high, but the lack of water. And in 1887, uh, the fire uh, district of Northeastern was established at the same time as the water district. And what that meant was that all of a sudden there were water pipes all over Northeastern and hydrants that you could hook up the pipes to. Uh, if you're looking for an example of an early uh, hydrant, there's still one available on the uh, Governor Ames Estate under the weeping beech tree. Go under there and take a look at what a 100-year-old hydrant looks like. Uh, in 1894, as the chief mentioned, uh, the, the uh, Call Fire Department uh, was established in, in Northeastern as part of the district. And in uh, 1903, Mary Frothingham gave the uh, land where the current Children's Museum uh, was, uh, uh, is today. Um, and that allowed the fire department to expend all the money on uh, the building rather than buying the land. Uh, that was significant because they were able to hire an architect creating the beautiful building that's there now. And um, uh, a lot of times people will question the expense of having a building with a really decorative tower next to it. But the tower wasn't decorative back in 1904 when the station opened. That was a hose drying tower. The hoses were hoisted up to, to dry out after a fire. Any other part of town in those days that had a fire would call on Northeastern to send a crew as an out-of-district uh, response, just like they would to Brockton or West Bridgewater. That's not very good response time. Imagine hooking up the horse-drawn fire engines and getting down to the deepest part of Southeastern. So in 1915, this particular part of town, which had um, uh, ideas of becoming a wonderful uh, residential neighborhood, and ultimately did, uh, decided to hook up their water supply to, to Brockton, and uh, that enabled them to have their own fire district. The fire equipment there, just like originally in Northeastern, was stored in somebody's barn. And that barn still stands across the street over here, it's the Howard Barn. Uh, and the station remained there until 1934, uh, when our um, current station was, was built. Um, we talked a lot about the WPA as financing that, uh, and uh, that's wonderful. The town didn't think so much of that. They, they took the money, but never once voted for Franklin Roosevelt. Uh, <laughs> all four times they voted for somebody else. Uh, but uh, the town also expended a lot of money as well, $4,000, uh, almost $4,500. And uh, in that uh, same time period, they spent $7,500 on an engine for down here as well. Now, engines in those days uh, were a lot smaller, as the chief mentioned. Uh, but they were a huge step up from the uh, 1905 Northeastern uh, inventory. In 1905, the hook and ladder uh, in Northeastern had a, a, a 28 foot extension ladder. That was, that was the biggest ladder that they had. So hopefully all the buildings were tiny and the fires were small. Here, um, the fire station operated uh, for many, many years, as we all know, um, not, without, uh, uh, not without some controversy. Because at this time, the district system meant that there were separate committees 
that ran the government. So in 1925, the town was asked to um, come up with an idea for a unified fire department. And the committee that was established, the selectmen, uh, not as foresighted as our members here, uh, and the um, uh, Prudential Committee of the Northeastern District and the fire engineer uh, decided not to recommend a town fire department. They were afraid that um, given the current state of equipment in Northeastern, they wouldn't really be able to cover the whole town. But the, uh, the town decided otherwise. Town meeting, the body of everyone that could vote in 1931, that was everybody. Um, decided that they were going to have a unified fire district, chose the first chief, and uh, spent $15,000, $7,500 for here, one for Northeastern, to expand things. And it took about a decade for the, uh, the districts to be unified into one fire district. The reason for that was, as Wayne Southworth would tell you, uh, the water districts didn't become unified until 25 years later. So there was still this, we're separate, we're separate, we're separate story going on. The first really unifying force for this town was our fire department. And subsequent to the building of this building in 1934, um, things have worked um, wonders for the town meeting. And also response time. We now have two fire stations, one here, one up in Northeastern. Uh, in 1950-ish, uh, a small station to store uh, uh, one engine was established out of Fortis Village. In the 1980s, um, after the building of the combined police and fire station, the wonderful fire station down on um, um, Bay Road was put in. And so now we have three stations that, um, if they were all maintained at the same time, has, has been a subject of controversy in, sometimes uh, due to finances. If they're all maintained at, at, at the same time, create a situation where response time is less than 10 minutes, four to six minutes to get a uh, ambulance or a fire truck to your house in just about any part of town. So uh, I want to commend the fire department, um, first responders, the cliche is absolutely true, firemen, Firefighters are the people who are running into burning buildings while other people are running out. They are real heroes, and uh, congratulations on this wonderful new station. Thank you, Ed. So a couple other things we were used in the building, just little things. Uh, when you go upstairs in the hallway, you'll see we were used a hand, hand rail that used to go up the stairwell that you'll go up as a picture rail on the second floor. All the wainscoting in the main room was kept in, in the, uh, the day room. Upstairs. And the plaster ceiling on the second floor there, that stayed, um, and it's quite a hot ceiling, so we shouldn't have any issues with that. Um, I'd also like to thank a couple of additional people, Stephanie Danielson, um, planning director for her assistance, Kevin Greiner, Paul DeBadges from the building department, members of the planning board, board of appeals, uh, we did need to get a, a variance, uh, Kristen Kennedy and the staff from the water, uh, board of health, uh, Dave Field, Greg Swan uh, from DBW were 
integral in helping get everything moving in the right direction. Uh, and all the DBW crews were fantastic, Jake and Sation, uh, and his awesome crew to help do, because all the site work was on us, and they pulled it off and got everything uh, in place for us, in spite of the snow that we had, because they're out there doing snow. They're back here as soon as they could to finish off uh, a few of the items that needed to be done. So thank you to all of them, Tatek, Sarah, Bubba, um, the Cuzzy from the building department, uh, the DBW rather, and Steve Legenda, the town electrician who did his piece here. Uh, they were all terrific and we thank them. The members of the fire department that I called down the station say, I need your crew over here right now to help do something. Uh, they've been terrific and, and all uh, pitched in to help. Uh, get things done. Uh, I know they're all happy because the, this has been talked about for 11 years uh, uh, to make it happen. Uh, so thank you all for your assistance. Putting all the furniture, you'll see all the furniture had to be put together uh, to get things ready and cleaning. Um, numerous members came in on their own time. Uh, Firefighter Mills did a lot of work for us on building um, the, the ladder, put the sign up. Um, you'll see the beautiful table that was reconditioned. Uh, that's all him, and I thank him for that. He's in the back there. Um, firefighter Lovell, um, appreciate it very much for your help. Um, I'm very grateful to Mr. King's commitment to the, to the project. I'm very thankful and appreciative to him and his wife for um, giving back to the town uh, in this way. Uh, his dedication and commitment to the town of Easton is very evident, and like it was said, he's, he doesn't like the spotlight, but I'm going to put him in the spotlight a little bit here um, and, and thank him personally for everything. It's been a pleasure working with him, and I'd like to ask him to come forward and say a few words. Well, thank you all for sharing this special dedication of Eastern Fire Station 2. Chief Patridge is a very special person who was and is the driving force for this transformation. We could never have done it without him. He's a hot guy to say no to. <laughs> so we turn, by working with teamwork, we turn this neglected building into a special modern functioning fire station. For years, uh, I've admired Station One on Sullivan Ave, which the chief talked about also, which is now the Children's Museum. And as Ed Haynes said, it's the architecture, and the whole building is just a gem. And I'm proud to work on the recreation of Station 2, this particular building, making it into a beautiful station, functionally and uh, aesthetically. It took a team effort, a lot of imagination, focus, hands-on skilled work to uh, turn this in eight months from, it was really a disaster. I think the average person would have towed it down. <laughs> but I'm glad we did. Uh, so it's a very, very special building in a very special community. I want to thank Chief Patrick and the fire department, Connor Reed and the select board, the DPW, my team, my wife, Sam Schofield, who worked uh, hard on it. He, he uh, was getting sick of it at the end. <laughs> and Daganino. Uh, He's a hands-on architect that uh, every Monday we've had site meetings with the whole team and we worked hard to accomplish what we accomplished. And uh, I didn't realize it was Pearl Harbor Day today. What's it, 75 years ago? 78. 78. 
and I want to also thank all the veterans. Uh, we are all fortunate to live in such a special community and to have this special fire station with a special chief and special fire. Thank you all for your support and uh, happy holidays. Thank you very much, Doug. I want to thank some of the other people who worked on the project uh, from Doug King Builders, as he mentioned. Wait a minute before I do that. I got to give this to Mr. King. I have a little something to uh, say thank you to Doug. Uh, I know it's just a small token, but I understand he likes to wear hats. So. Builders, uh, Sam Schofield, Scott Dion, Doug Willis, the guys that work. He got tired of hearing from me every day, um, I'm sure, but uh, those are the people that were out here making, making the things happen, um, kept the project moving forward. Um, I, I thank you very much. The electrician Joe Mahoney from New England Safety Systems uh, did great work. Carlos from CBR Painting, um, again, hearing from me that, hey, I need you to do this, need you to, this hasn't been done. Uh, they were all terrific and uh, got the job done. So I just want to give you a little something. Sam, thank you very much. Uh, before we get to the hose uncoupling, I'd like to uh, make a few presentations to some of the members of the department. Um, I thought this would be an opportune time for us to recognize our personnel and the work they do. Um, we have award ribbons for the years of service on the department, um, and I, I will also be giving out a few EMS award ribbons for the members who responded to the shooting here in town on Bay Road and saved the life of the victim uh, that day. Uh, and then we also have several who are veterans that, that will get their veteran um, pin to wear on their uniform as well. So as I call you guys up, please come forward and ask Dottie if you would assist me in the presentation. Uh, is Michael Eaton here? No. Okay. If they're not here, just yell out, not here. So, Tiago Maderas, five years of service. Larry Machado, five years. John McCormick, five years of service. Lieutenant McCormick. Uh, firefighter Robert Powell, on the department for six years, gets his five year service pin. Is he on the ambulance? Yes. <laughs> um, Captain Kyrie Endo, department for seven years, five years. <laughs> Firefighter Kyle Lovell, seven years. I think he had to leave. <laughs> Firefighter Sean Goyette, seven years, five years. <laughs> An EMS award and also received the military pin. Firefighter Tom Baker, been with us for nine years, gets his five years in. Lieutenant John Carroll, back here. Uh, Captain John DeZalo, 12 years with us, gets his 
Firefighter Charlie Snow, I haven't seen him. No. Firefighter Jeff Dupuy, 12 years, gets a 10 year bid. Firefighter Darren Stone, seen him. Captain Michael Green, 15 years service. Firefighter Tim Bermosi, 15 year service pin and military. <laughs> Member of the U.S. Coast Guard, retired, and Sean Goyette is the United States Army. Captain Evan Malone, 22 years, gets a 20 year pin. Firefighter Christopher Mills, 22 years. This is his I'd also like to point out that Chris and Evan uh, were the first two paramedics on the Eastern Fire Department. Pam Bergman, 32 years, gets a 30 year pin. Administrative assistant. Awesome. Does an awesome job. <laughs> She's had to deal with me for six months during this project. <laughs> uh, firefighter John White. And the senior member of the department. Oh, no. Yep, sorry. Captain Larry Bly, 32 years. And last but not least, the senior man on the department with 35 years of service, firefighter Bill Wolf. So at this point, I'd just like to ask um, Dottie, Doug King, myself, uh, and the rest of the Board of Selectmen, Mike Blanchard, to join, actually, if we can all fit in that, I don't know if we're all going to be able to get in the picture, but on either, on that side of the table with the hose, and we'll do the uncoupling, and then once we do that, everyone, in, we welcome you to go up, and there's four Sharpies up on the table with the old sign, so if you sign the front of the sign, you're welcome to do that. That's going to be hung on the wall in the other apparatus bay, and you'll see the original sign is hung upstairs uh, in the day room. So as soon as we do that, we're going to open up, um, go upstairs, and then we have lunch for you in the other room. Thank you all very much for joining us. We appreciate it very much.
Excellent. All right. Please take a look upstairs. Grab some lunch.